Hello, and welcome to PrimeMed's podcast on telemedicine during COVID-19, how to do a pain physical examination. We welcome Dr. Charles Argoff. Dr. Argoff is a professor of neurology at the Albany Medical College and director at the Comprehensive Pain Center at Albany Medical Center. The learning objective of this podcast is perform a comprehensive initial assessment of a patient in pain. Before we get started, let me remind everyone that this podcast is supported by an independent educational grant from the Opioid Analgesic REMS Program Companies. For more information, please visit the activity page for this podcast on www.primed.com. This is Dr. Charles Argoff. I'm Professor of Neurology at Albany Medical College and Director of the Comprehensive Pain Center and the um, Pain Management Fellowship at Albany Medical Center in Albany, New York. And this podcast is entitled Telemedicine During COVID-19, How to Do a Pain Physical Examination. So uh, we know that social distancing is an important and critical measure to control the spread of COVID-19. We certainly know, uh, for those of us who practice medicine, that social distancing and other factors have resulted in a reduction of many uh, clinical visits, including um, many non-COVID-related clinical visits. We also know that despite the reduction in physical visits, uh, we need to continue to care uh, for people who are in our practice and patients even during the pandemic. And this does include care for people in pain because, as you of course know, pain is the most common complaint in the clinical setting. So this podcast is going to focus on some important information as um, distance-based care, including telemedicine and video visits, now makes this possible. Uh, Medicare's 1135 waiver currently reimburses telemedicine at the same rate as evaluation and management code. So there is a recent publication, um, of which I am a co-author, um, addressing the use of telemedicine in pain assessment um, and uh, pain examination. This was published in the journal Pain Physician, Dr. Wahizi, um, from Einstein Medical Center and Montefiore Hospital in New York City, uh, is the lead author. Um, and this is a recommendation of, of other individuals, other experts, um, and um, who have performed numerous telemedicine exams and have reviewed more than 100 such exams. Um, And the title of the article is Telemedicine During COVID-19 and Beyond, a Practical Guide and Best Practices Multidisciplinary Approach for the Orthopedic and Neurologic Pain Physical Examination. I would also add for those um, who are listening to this that I strongly recommend that you obtain this paper because it is full of photographs demonstrating the some of the components of the exam. And the, we have put into this um, paper step-by-step instructions. I would also add that the American Academy of Neurology on its website has important additional information about conducting neurological examination in general um, through a telemedicine visit. Uh, some basics first. Uh, the authors of the, of the paper, including myself, maintain that the telemedicine, musculoskeletal, and neurologic examination can be performed accurately if 
the practitioner is able to perform an appropriate regional anatomic inspection. So during the telemedicine visit, uh, the practitioner is able to differentiate normal versus pathological motion. So that has to be built in as well. If there is proper preparation and utilization of electronic devices by the patient, and if there is appropriate direction of the patient by the physician. Additional basics, um, and this is important because some instructions need to be provided to the patient ahead of time. So the patient's space where the exam is going to be um, observed needs to be well lit. It has to be free of noise and distraction. There has to be sit, uh, seating available and space to stand and walk. Um, and a kitchen, a person's kitchen might be very often the room that would fulfill these requirements. Uh, common household items uh, should be available as props. So wooden spoon, a ruler, a towel, for example. Proper clothing uh, on the patient's behalf, uh, such as shorts and a t-shirt, uh, should, be, should be available. The patient's phone needs to be positioned on a steady surface. And the location and the nature of the pain needs to be communicated to the clinician ahead of time so that the telemedicine examination can focus on that region. And that's an important point for us um, if we are the ones who are going to be conducting the exam. We sort of want to pre-plan uh, with the patient um, or by having that patient's information about what type of pain problem they're experiencing, how we're going to utilize um, this examination. So here's an example uh, of performing a neck, uh, neck examination. So in the pre-visit instructions, you're going to ask the patient to ensure that he or she um, has a space where, where the exam is going to be viewed that has approximately six feet free space in all directions. The video device that's going to be used to record this should be placed six feet directly in front of the patient and propped on a stable surface. So this is you know, part of the pre-visit instructions. The clinician should prepare a diagram of neck musculature and a spine to educate the patient on neck anatomy. And the patient should have two props, a 12-inch ruler or wooden spoon and a hand towel. And the patient should wear a collarless shirt so that the examination area can be visualized on the patient's body. You want to ask the patient to sit or stand naturally in front of the camera and observe chin deviation from midline. Identify behaviors that are indicative of pain or non-organic, so-called non-organic pathology. So watch for things that don't really fit into a, 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 a normal uh, known pathological response. Observe for symmetry, uh, so muscle atrophy. Look for muscle symmetry, and if you don't see it, look for evidence of muscle atrophy or drooping of the shoulder, winging of the shoulder or the scapula. Uh, as these may, these findings, muscle atrophy or winging or drooping of the shoulder may suggest radiculopathy or lead one to believe there may be a brachial plexopathy if it's confined to one extremity in a, in a distribution that we would think appropriate for that or nerve entrapment. So ask the patient to point to the area of maximal pain using a wooden spoon or ruler. And this helps to confirm the patient's description um, of the pain area 
by having the patient point it out. Assess the range of motion, which is important for a neck examination. You want to instruct the patient to um, move his or her chin to touch the chest, then tilt back, tilt the head back, then turn to move from chin to one shoulder, and then repeat on the other side. You want to tilt the head as well, ask the patient to tilt his or her head so that the ear goes to the shoulder on one side, and then repeat it on the other side. Um, so, for example, an abnormal lateral or forward flexion or rotation, um, and you can observe this uh, during the visit, may indicate um, cervical dystonia or torticollis. And so you'll see, you may pick up on this by assessing the range of motion as described above. The, the, and another way in which um, dystonia may be recognized is if the failure, the failure of the chin to return to a vertical or horizontal midline. So in continuing this neck examination, uh, we're going to instruct the patient to place the hand on the painful side, the hand on the painful side, on top of the head. So if radicular symptoms improve, this suggests a diagnosis of cervical radiculopathy. So again, ask the patient to take the hand that is painful on the, on the painful side and place it on top of the head. Lessening of these radicular symptoms in the affected upper extremity suggests a diagnosis of cervical radiculopathy. You also want to ask the instruct the patient to perform a Valsava maneuver. And if there's referred electrical sensation um, in the extremity, this suggests cervical radiculopathy. You're going to instruct the patient to rest the chin to the chest. Uh, this is often known as a Lermit sign, uh, L-H-R-M-I-T-T-E apostrophe S. And a shock-like sensation in the arms or the legs of the patient may suggest a cervical myelopathy. Myelopathy means a spinal cord abnormality or meningeal irritation. Um, neck pain during that, so that's important because that suggests a spinal cord or meningeal process. But another outcome of asking the patient to rest his or her chin to the chest may be pain in the neck without electrical sensation. And in that instance, that outcome, that finding, may suggest the trape trapezius or splenius muscles as the source of pain. And so, again, simple maneuvers um, helping to identify a process. Ne next, instruct the patient to fold a towel lengthwise and put it over their head, holding onto both ends, and have the patient turn the head towards the painful side and then tilt his or her head so that the ear moves closer to the shoulder. The, the towel is used to pull the head down, and you're assessing in this instance for cervical radiculopathy. So I, I really strongly recommend that you obtain this paper. Um, it's going to allow you to um, see numerous images and a step-by-step -step instruction step-by-step um, -step instructions to evaluate numerous other examinations, um, including the examination of the lumbar spine. We talked a little bit about the neck exam, but certainly one of the most common reasons why a person might seek care, even you know, in telemedicine, 
um, evaluation is low back pain, chronic and acute low back pain being so common. Um, hip pain is also very, very important um, to be able to assess for, and knee pain, as well as hand and wrist pain. So the paper that um, I have described in some detail um, does include uh, 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 guidance regarding doing a telemedicine examination of the lower back, um, the hip, the knee, and the hand and the wrist, as well as some guidance as well regarding how to conduct a neurological examination in the setting of a telemedicine evaluation, in addition to the neck examination that we just discussed. So, you know, in summary, um, I think for the foreseeable future um, in this time of COVID-19, um, telemedicine is going to remain a necessity for us to be able to take care of, of many of our patients. And um, it does provide a, a, a way to provide, to conduct a pain assessment. Um, and there are limitations um, uh, of doing a telemedicine-based pain assessment, but the paper I've alluded to, the paper I've encouraged you to get a copy of uh, to see some of the more full details, does provide a comprehensive framework uh, for a musculoskeletal and a neurological examination via te telemedicine. It might really help um, for assessment and documentation and for follow-up uh, if you uh, pre prescribe treatment um, and to also um, help understand what other diagnostic assessments might be, might be necessary. And I do want to emphasize that this approach um, that I've only partially described um, has been vetted by a committee of national experts um, and many of whom have had extensive experience evaluating a person in pain through a telemedicine approach. So I hope that this um, uh, podcast, is, this information is, is of value to you and, um, and good luck. And thank you so much for your attention. To obtain your CME credit, please visit primed.com and complete a short post-assessment. If you listen to this podcast on another platform, please refer to the episode description where there is a direct link to the activity page on primed.com for claiming CME credit.